At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. It is Friday's edition of the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. I am Holden with Vsin. We are going to go bananas with the Nuggets today. The Nuggets this weekend on Saturday night. Their series starts against the Warriors, a best of seven in the first round of the Western Conference playoffs. We'll talk about them. I've got a bet from that one. I'm going to break down. There's a million different ways to attack this thing on bet rivers so i'll give you some numbers there disappointing loss for the rockies last night we do have two plays on the rockies tonight abs look great and then i want to look at the mock draft actually two mock drafts by some pretty popular mock drafters have the broncos taken the same guy at number 64 so let's get into this thing spread a stare run pure bets is going to join me break down every uh single nba series including that Nuggets series. And then Nate Kreckman's going to join me. We know Nate. Anyways, here's the great news. You can watch every single Nuggets game from here on out on cable. And actually, Saturday night and next Sunday's games are free on ABC. So if you don't even have cable, you can watch those games that way. So no more not having access to the Nuggets. It's a lot easier to get them now. And all Nuggets odds on Bet Rivers. Time for me to give you those. I want to start with a series, though. Yesterday, they had the special at Bet Rivers, plus 210 for the Nuggets. You could still get the Nuggets at 2-1. to one. Warriors, minus 250. Not feeling great about that, especially since we don't officially know how good of shape Steph Curry is in. Um, he's got that foot issue. Maybe a minute's limit. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, series outcome. Here's an interesting one. If you think that the Warriors um, can win this series in what? Four games to one in five games? You could take a minus two and a half to win uh, plus 185. If you think the Nuggets can win this thing, uh, let's see here. Actually, you don't even have to have them win this thing. Yeah, if you think they're going to win this thing in five games or less, you're getting plus 290. If you think that they're going to win it Four to one, you get plus 750. Wow. Uh, some other things. Total games played in the series. This is interesting because I'm leaning toward five or six. Um, under five and a half would be a sweep or four would be plus 125. Uh, over five and a half, minus 162. So the book says it's going either six or seven. Just looking at the lines for the actual game, Nuggets plus 195 in game number one, plus six. Again, that line moved from four and a half up to six. Could it move a little higher if or when Steph is officially 
announced that he's playing? Sure. So I would wait if you're backing the Nuggets. You know how I bet. I bet live. But you could probably get at a minimum a plus six. You might be able to get a six and a half or even a seven. Total here is 223 and a half. And my only bet from this game is going to be Aaron Gordon over 16 and a half points. He went over this number in seven of his last eight, over his last 10 games of the regular season. Because that's right, away, right around when Michael Malone said, hey, Gordon, get over here. We need you to score more. We need you to score a lot more, as a matter of fact. Right around then, he started going. He's averaged 19.6 points per game. 57% shooting, 48% from three. He's gone bananas these last 10. They're going to need him. They're going to need him big time. Wow. Okay, so what else we got? 94% of the bets on Saturday night, they're on the Warriors' money line. So everybody thinking that the Warriors just going to win. Plus, you're getting this number at like minus two what? It's, it's a horrible number. Minus 240? You're going to bet that money line? I mean, that's just, that's silly to me, but okay. Everybody has their own process. 71% of the tickets, though, backing the Nuggets in the points, whether it be four and a half, five, five and a half, six. So overwhelming majority of tickets with the money line on the Nuggets. And then 79% of the tickets to the over. No one likes betting unders. That's the big reason why. Uh, Steph Curry, foot issue, on track to make his return, according to Sham Sharanya. He could also be on a minutes restriction, though. Steve Kerr said that. He said he's not playing 30 to 35 minutes in game one. We'll see. Is it posturing? Is it for real? Even if he plays 25 minutes, it's still a huge boost to that team. And Curry says there's a little bit of pain and discomfort in his foot, but he's going to push through it. So just a, a quick recap of what happened in the regular season. Nuggets won three out of four games. Curry played in three games. He averaged 27 points per game in those three. He shot just uh, he shot 33% behind the arc, but... You know, Draymond was missing. Uh, Clay Thompson has scored 30 or more in three straight to finish the season. Had 41 against New Orleans in the season finale. He has really stepped up without Curry. Uh-oh, it could be the Splash Brothers again. Draymond's back. They added Poole. Looney and Green will probably switch off and try and beat up Jokic. But I think, listen, Jokic is going to get his. I still think the 51 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. Going over that, not smart. But he could get it, so going under, I'm not going to do it. I think it's set a little bit high, though. But they're going to have to get two of the two of the four, Gordon, Morris, Bones, and Barton, two of those four guys, every night is going to have to step up and put up you know, high teens or into the 20s. You can't just have two guys that are carrying the load offensively. He, Jokic's going to need a lot of help here. He's going to need a lot of help. It's going to be tough. Aaron Gordon over 16 and a half points on Bet Rivers, minus 114. That is my play. More Nuggets plays with Nate Kreckman and spread a stare later on in this program. Let's get to number two. It's the Front Range Four, by the way, the four biggest stories in sports on the Front Range. Rockies hosting the Cubs. Both teams are four and two, so they've gotten off to good starts. Both teams picked not to do well this season. The pitching matchup tonight. Herman Marquez, Marcus Stroman. Here are the numbers. Rockies minus 124 on the money line. I hit him again. I bet the Rockies on the money line. They're just terrific at home. They're terrific at covering at home. Uh, minus 114 if you want to go over 10 runs. Minus 105 to the under 10 runs. So that's what we have at the Rockies Right now, I've not seen much movement in this. No, I haven't seen much movement at all. If you want to try the Rockies uh, winning on the run line, two or more runs plus 148. Just caught that one. That's interesting. Not going to do it, but it's interesting. So last night was obviously disappointing. Cubs beat the Rockies 5-2. Freeland, another rough start. Yeah, he had one bad inning, against, one really bad inning against the Dodgers opening day. He had two bad innings last night. First inning, he gave up three. Then he gives up another two in the six. So he had two horrible innings and four excellent innings. And it's the blow-up innings that are hurting him early in the season. Six innings, nine hits, five runs, two walks. Tonight? Oh, but, but let me mention this, too, before I get to tonight. Chris Bryant, a hit in all six games of the Rockies. That's pretty cool. Uh, tonight, you got Herman Marquez on the mound. Marquez needed just 74 pitches to get through seven, held the Dodgers to a run on three hits. This current Cubs roster has hit him well, 381 slugging, uh, 310 batting average against Marquez. But early season, the dude's fresh. 
He's terrific. He's terrific at home. He's a great ground ball pitcher. I like Marquez tonight. You've got Stroman, Marcus Stroman, the right-hander, small right-hander, going for the Cubs tonight. He gave up a run in five innings against the Brewers in his debut. He's a ground ball pitcher. Marquez, the ground ball pitcher. You never love betting unders at Coors Field. Let's face it. It is not fun to bet unders at Coors Field, but I'm going to do so again in the first five. Under five and a half runs in the first five innings. I don't want to mess with the bullpens. I know that the... Rockies bullpen's been a bit better as of late, and I still think you can get to the Cubs bullpen too. Uh, winds will be blowing in. You'll have temperatures, what, right around low 60s, so it's not hot. The ball shouldn't be flying. The wind's blowing in a little bit, 11 miles an hour. Give me the under five and a half. That's my play there for the Rockies coming up tonight. Let's move on to number three on the front range for four biggest sports stories on the front range. The Avalanche. They beat the Devils 3-1. Uh-huh. They covered the puck line again, but the total went under the six and a half. Took, a, took one on the chin there. Had the Devils money line plus the over five and a half. They only scored four goals in that game. But Francois continues to just cruise. 26 saves. He has six straight wins, 26 saves. It's like him and Darcy Kemper. Uh, who, who are you starting here in the playoffs? It's going to be a little bit of a debate. I think that Kemper is going to get it unless he just completely falls off down the stretch. But it's great to know if Kemper you know, is not on his game, Francois can always come in in the playoffs. So the Abs used a three-goal second period to win the game. Um, Miko Rantanen had an assist on Lakenen's goal, and he set a career high for him in the NHL with 88 points. Kel McCarr tied the franchise record for points by a defenseman at 82. Steve Duchesne was with the Quebec Nordiques at the time. He had the record uh, back in 92-93, or he has it still. Uh, McCarr's going to get by him with uh, one more point. Abs, though, they continue to cruise at home. They're 30 Four and three on home ice. 30 wins, four losses, and three ties. Or three overtime losses, I should say. Um, they've got 114 points. They're 54, 14, and six. And the Stanley Cup champion 2001 or 2000, 2001 Stanley Cup champion Avs hold the club record with 118 points. They got eight games remaining. They are going to have the franchise record single season points. They do lead Eastern Conference leading Florida by four points for the President's Trophy race. Again, eight games to go for the Abs, nine for the Panthers. It's nice to have the President's Trophy, but who the hell cares in the end? You got to win the Cup. The uh, Abs are going to host the Canes on Saturday night. So big game Saturday night. Hurricanes are a very, very, very good team. Last but not least, let's talk some Broncos. Number four on the front range four. Dane Brugler, who is the college, um, I guess he's the draft expert, NFL draft expert on The Athletic. Josh Edwards does the same thing at CBS. So these two guys came up with who the Broncos are going to take in the second round with that last pick at number 64. They came up with the same guy. Mel Kuyper, who is way past his prime, came up with a different guy. And I think, once again, it shows that he's way past his prime. But Brugler and Edwards have the Broncos in the second round with the last pick. Number 64, taking linebacker Troy Anderson from Montana State. I'd be okay with an inside linebacker here. Uh, he played quarterback, running back, and linebacker at Montana State. Two-way star. Okay? This guy did everything. So he's not... That experience as a linebacker, but he's obviously a great athlete. He ran the 40 at a 4-4-2 clip. A 4-4-2-40, that was the fastest among all linebackers this year. He led Montana State to the title game in the football championship subdivision. That's why they call it FCS. And he recorded the third fastest max acceleration of any defender. I mean, in the senior bowl. So, I mean, whatever that means. I'm telling you, he's athletic and he's fast. He's a hard hitter. He's likely an inside linebacker. His stock is on the rise, like shooting way up. And he's likely a day two selection. Is he going to be there at pick 64? If he is, I'd be very happy with it. Then there's Trey McBride from Colorado State, the tight end. First of all, I don't know 
whether or not the Broncos would spend a second round pick on a tight end. I love, I love tight ends. I love watching Russell Wilson throw to his tight ends. He always seems to use a tight end in crucial situations, red zone, end zone, third down. They've got Albert O. They're going to need another pass catching tight end. I just don't think Trey McBride's going to be there. And Colorado State fans, you know who this guy is. I mean, he's he might be the most advanced pass catching tight end out there. Um, I I just don't see him lasting that long. I'd love to. Ultimately, if it came down to Trey McBride, or if it came down to Troy Anderson, I'm taking the linebacker. I'm going to tell you why. You just don't see rookie tight ends have an impact very often. Even Kyle Pitts was not spectacular last year. You know, if you're winning now, you take Troy Anderson. If you can fill your other spots and you say, hey, let's just draft this kid and hopefully he'll turn into a stud late in the season or next season, then you take Trey McBride. I don't think McBride's going to be there, and I hope Troy Anderson is. Okay, that's the Front Range 4. Coming up next, Nate Kreckman, Altitude 92.5. Many a thing to discuss. Of course, Nuggets Warriors, number one. Also, don't forget to... uh, like, or actually not like, rate and review. Rate and review the podcast if you get a shot, would you? Uh, I haven't seen many ratings or reviews, and usually you got to ask for those. So a five-star would be great. Something nice about the show would be great. I'd appreciate it. Nate Crackman next on the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com to sign up. Must be 21. Must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 522 4700. Welcome back to the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Our Friday guest, Nate Kreckman, Altitude 92.5. Last time we talked with him, he was doing some opening day bingo. And I do want to know how your opening day bingo went, my friend, because I saw you tweeting out some interesting things that you saw there. Anything that surprised you in the 2022 Rockies opening day bingo scene? Nobody, I didn't, nobody spotted a Chris Bryant Cubs jersey. Uh, what? I was a little surprised that nobody saw that on opening day. I'm sure that would have made it out to Coors Field last night with the Cubs in town to play the Rockies. I personally didn't see a fight, but then the next day I saw like two of them on the internet. Um, so they definitely did happen. There were Lodo drunken brawls, which you can always pretty much count on that. Um, outside of that, all the usual. Uh, my co-host Andy Lindahl spotted a couple breaking up at the Blake Street Tavern. So the public <laughs> breakup uh, did make it. Um, there was a, a woman in tears that was spotted. There was vomit on the sidewalk and numerous people chimed in with uh, marijuana being smoked on Blake Street outside the ballpark. So don't worry, Denver came through. Yeah, don't yell at me when my kids wear a mask in Lodo, okay? it's not, <laughs> I, I won't wear one, but they definitely will. So we'll get into the Rockies in a minute here, buddy. But I do want to get your thoughts on the Nuggets and the Warriors. Steph Curry, I think he's playing. Yep. He's obviously not going to be 100%. Kerr says he's on might probably be on a minute's limit below 30 to 35 not so sure I believe him there. Uh, talk to me here. What are you thinking? Nuggets, Warriors. I I am giving Denver a lot more of a chance in this series than I think most people are. And, and one of the big reasons is that, like, yes, Golden State is the number three seed in the Western Conference, but they are largely that off an outstanding first half of the season. They went 29-7 and seven to begin the year. They went 24-22 and 22 since that. Like, yeah, they won five in a row coming into the postseason, but now they just have to reintroduce Steph Curry on this minutes restriction. Draymond Green has been in and out of the lineup. Klay Thompson has only recently started to find his game. I don't think Denver's running into a Golden State team that is at the height of their powers. Um, and if you look at it again, 24 and 22 since January 5th, Denver's 30 and 16 in that stretch. And, and you might go, well, Denver's got their own questions. Is Jamal Murray going to return or not? Here's my answer to that. I don't know, but the Nuggets know what they are coming into the postseason. Now, um, if there is a playoff switch to be flipped and 
they start to take care of the basketball a little bit, clean up some of the turnover mess, they can win this series. I'm not going to be stunned in the slightest bit if Nikola Jokic, who has never lost a first-round series in his career, goes out and beats these guys. I think this matchup isn't that bad for Denver. So, yeah, I'm the I'm the weird one that likes the Nuggets to win this series. I don't think you're the weird one. I'm just looking <laughs> at the Splash Brothers being back, even though Curry isn't 100%. Right. Clay Thompson found his stroke right down the stretch. That's right. a little bit scary. Draymond's back. They got Looney to, to switch off with, with Draymond on Jokic. And then the other one is Jordan Poole's going to be coming off the bench. Here's my big concern, though, Nate. Mm-hmm. Who's going to be the consistent second and third scorers? Like, is Aaron Gordon that guy? And then it's a pool of Barton, Morris, and Bones. Three guys are going to have to step up offensively. I don't know who that second and third guy will be. Monte Morris averaged 16 a game this season in four matchups against Golden State. I think that Monte Morris is a guy that I look at as a, as a huge second threat. He also had that buzzer beater to beat those guys right before the All-Star break. I think you got a healthy and confident Will Barton going into the postseason. I think there's a healthy and confident Aaron Gordon going into the postseason right now. And Bones Highland is playing the best basketball that he has of his young NBA career. I, I think that this is... This is a Nuggets team that is primed and ready. I think guys know their roles. I I think Boogie knows exactly what his role is going to be in that 8 to 10 minutes, uh, maybe as many as 12, that he spells Jokic off the bench here in this series. And and that's what I'm looking at right now. Look, I'm not going to pretend that the Nuggets are something that they're not. Um, They're they're not going to win an NBA championship, okay? They're They're not perfect right now, but they are at least a consistent entity versus a Golden State team in which Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green shared the court for all of 11 minutes this season, okay? And yeah, you might look at it and go, yeah, well, those those dudes have won three titles together. This is one of the all-time great trios in the history of the NBA. Sure, okay, but also, like, Let's let's acknowledge that they're human, and it may take them a game or two to be clicking at all cylinders. Well, in the postseason, Nuggets can steal a game at the Chase Center uh, between Saturday and Monday, and, and boom, you've taken back home court advantage already. Goofy things happen when the sample size is shrunk down. So I think that's another factor that, believe it or not, actually works in Denver's favor a little bit is, yeah, the Nuggets have been beset by injuries all year, but that's the difference. They've been beset by injuries all year long versus a Golden State team that is trying to find itself going into the playoffs. I think that that's a factor that works in Denver's favor. Very interesting. Very interesting stuff here. So Nuggets plus six in game one. Is that what you're rolling with? I am Nuggets plus six in game one. And I did uh, take the value bet at Denver to win the series in six at plus 550. You're probably going to have to wrap it up in six. Well, you hit that, my friend. Uh, You'll be sitting pretty. That'll be nice. Thank you. 94% of the bets are on the Warriors' money line Mm -hmm. in game one, Mm but 71% of the tickets backing the Nuggets. Yep. And then 79% of the tickets to the over. Nobody likes betting unders. That's what that is. Yeah. Let me get your thoughts on that. What do you think about the total in this game? 223.5. I'll ask you this way. Do the Nuggets win these games by just scoring a ton, or do the Nuggets win these games – by shutting the Warriors' three-point game down. I think they win these games by scoring a ton. I think Denver's going to have to score 120-plus points if they want to be able to win games because um, th- this is this is where some of my Nuggets' optimism starts to fade is that Denver's backcourt defense is putrid, all right? And and we're now asking Monte Morris and Will Barton and, and Bones Highland to be able to stay in front of these dudes, okay? And and to be able to fight their way through screens and, and everything else. Like, I would assume that Aaron Gordon will get the Andrew Wiggins assignment uh, most likely here in this series. I would think Jokic will start off on Looney and Uncle Jeff will will deal with Draymond. Um, and Uncle Jeff's got good length. And here's the good news is Draymond really doesn't look to score. So... Um, Denver's going to have to pay, obviously, extra attention to anything that Steph Curry and Klay Thompson are doing. And yes, these are arguably the two greatest shooters in the history of the NBA. This is where they can hurt this team 
a little bit. They've got four dudes on their team hitting at least two threes a game in Curry, Clay, Jordan Poole, and Andrew Wiggins. So, yeah, Denver is going to have to be able to contain some of that outside shooting. You can't contain all of it. Look, Golden State's probably going to be hitting at least 10 threes a game. Here's the key. Don't let them hit 15. You know, and, and that's that's got to be the battle for the Nuggets. That's the challenge, and that's where, obviously, Golden State gets a huge, huge nod. Last thing on this, I took Aaron Gordon over 16.5 points. I think Wiggins is going to be on Gordon a little bit there. Listen, Malone had that talk with him. Gordon's been scoring, yeah. right? Yeah. What do you think of Gordon in game one? What do you think of Gordon in the series? I just, I, really, Aaron Gordon of late, there, there's been another level that has come out of him. He's shooting the three ball with a lot more confidence. He was atrocious last year, um, shooting from distance, especially in that series against Phoenix where Denver got swept. I think that he is more comfortable in his role. Also, and and I, I don't know if the statistics necessarily back this up. I'm just, I'm going to say this anecdotally. He's dunking more. He's dunking a lot more. He's dunking more in traffic. He's going harder to the basket. He's been playing bouncier lately. He'll always dunk if he's uncontested. That's not a question. Uh, but he's been throwing a lot more dunks down in traffic here of late. That's something out of Aaron Gordon that I've been waiting to see. And we've been seeing a little bit more of it is go to the hoop and throw down because he's one of the most athletic dudes in the entire NBA. And yet I don't think he always necessarily uses that aspect of his game to its maximum. He has been doing that a lot more lately. Again, I, I could be saying this anecdotally. There might be no numbers at all to back up what I'm saying. Um, I just think that right now, uh, Gordon is playing much more aggressively once he gets inside the paint with the basketball. You see him having to score a lot too, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I think between he and Will uh, and Monte, look, nobody's going to nobody's gonna be backing up Jokic's 35 with 25, right? We, we know that that's not happening. It's going to take a bunch of guys scoring 15. I'm looking for dunk stats, like as you speak right now. I, I can't even find them. Like, yeah. Where's dunk stats? Basketball reference has a has a shot type usually that you can look up or at NBA dot NBA.com's got everything. NBA.com is one of the great treasure troves uh in, in all of sports, man. I love that website. I, I can waste hours. It's it's phenomenal. But also it's it's great from a betting perspective. You can learn an awful lot. Did you realize Nikola Jokic shot sixty three percent on two point attempts this year? Sixty three percent on twos is what he shot this year, which is just absolutely otherworldly. From five to nine feet, he's the best player in the history of oh. the NBA. Uh, Nate, Aaron Gordon set a franchise high for dunks this year. Good, good. 130. Yep, that's what I His like. His previous high was 104 back in 1819. Good. And it's only the second time he's gone over 100. Geez, Nate, you must know a little bit about the Nuggets and Aaron Gordon. Thank you. Wow. A lot of dunks. Yeah. Let's talk some baseball, huh? Baseball's back. You got opening day out of the way. You don't have to worry about that sure. anymore. Shocking start for the Rockies here uh, until last night. Kyle Freeland's kind of struggling right now, but it has been nice to see him get off to a nice start here, especially being the Dodgers two out of three. Um, just some general thoughts on the Rockies. While you think about it, I'll just tell you this. I think the pitching's terrific. Like we thought at least one time yep. through. It's thin. Cool had a nice start. Freeland's got to avoid the blow-up innings. Marquez Offensively, has been terrific. Obviously, one start. He'll go again tonight against yeah. the Cubs. But I, I think Herman Marquez is a bona fide top 10 pitcher in the National League. Well, then he needs to be traded now. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. No, no, no. I'm not kidding. No, you know, I've, it, I've said this it, since the beginning of the year, Nate. Holden, he is their best asset, he and he could get you what Trevor Story should have gotten. This, this, this is what I. This is Maybe exactly more. what I said last year on my show going into the deadline was that not only should Trevor Story and John Gray be traded right now at the deadline, uh, but Herman Marquez should absolutely have been traded at the deadline. The Rockies should have been looking to move anything that wasn't nailed down. But the problem is, is that the Rockies is they, they flat out don't operate like that and, and it, th this is and i want to get your thoughts on this too um because i am sort of mired in this contradiction a little bit 
obviously, you know, the, the Castellani comments that came out of Cincinnati this week were just a giant F you to Reds fans. And, you know, they move Winker and uh, Eugenio Suarez and uh, just blow up their ball club uh, right before the start of the season. It was an 83-win team, and they had no problem just lighting a match to that whole thing. And, and the owner is standing in front of, you know, a, a camera and saying and, and sitting on the radio and saying, well, we're not profitable. And if you don't like to go root for somebody else, that's an awful way to, to approach the whole thing. Um, the Rockies are bad, but they're not Pittsburgh. They're not Baltimore. They're not Cincinnati. Let's put the Reds in this conversation as well. They're not Oakland, um, obviously, who's, who's again gone full rebuild, um, even though the A's generally do a good job of building that club and winning baseball games. Like the Rockies, they – in a very flawed manner, they try to win. They're bad at it, but they do try. And, you know, by not moving Marquez, by coming into the season with a rotation of Marquez and Freeland and Sensatella and maybe getting the best version of Austin Gomber, the Rockies could at least convince themselves, you know, we think there's a world where we've got an outside shot at a wild card. If Chris Bryant, Randall Gritchick, and C.J. Crone can hit enough home runs, we've got an outside shot at a wild card this year. And are they going to get there? I don't think so. Um, I, I don't think they're very good, but um, it, it's not implausible. And I at least, there, there, is a, there is a part of my baseball brain can, that, that can appreciate that they're trying to do something as bad as they are at it. Where do you come down on this? I, they're just in a, in a constant circle of suck. Yeah, and it's purgatory. Yeah, the problem is, is that they're they're still trying to win, mm -hmm. yet losing sight of the future. I just think it's simple. You know, it's it's very simple. They're trying to put a good product out on the field after not having a plan. I still don't understand the plan, except for the fact that they're going to try and compete for the expanded wild card spot, right? right? So. That's, they don't want to deal Marquez because they think they can roll. Well, um, they have it. They, you got to plant your flag, Nate. I, I That's know, what I think I, it is. I know what you're saying, and and here's the problem: is that trading Marquez, and, and I advocated the exact same thing on the radio last year, and I'm not going back mm -hmm. and telling past self that I was wrong, but that move only makes sense if you're also trading John Gray and trading Trevor Story and acknowledging that guys are going to leave and you've got to build this thing. That only makes right. sense if when you're trading Nolan Arenado to the to the Cardinals, you're getting two of their top 10 or even top 5 prospects in their system instead of the dregs that you got back in return in addition to sending the 50 million dollars. Like that's that's where it gets tough is like I think holding guys like you and I, we evaluate the Rockies um, the same way that you evaluate any other major league franchise. And the problem is you can't do that because they don't operate like any other major league franchise. They do it wrong. So it's almost like you have to meet them halfway and be like, okay, well, as long as you're going to do it wrong, then this is how you should do it. Yeah. I, again, I love Marquez. He's I do such too. A, and he's like perfectly built here yep. for here. Yep. So either extend him and have him here for the next six years he's if paid. you can. You know, they paid him. Um, that's it. A couple of years ago, they, they paid yeah. him on a team friendly deal. So he's paid, yeah. um, you know, well, he's only got a couple of years left. Got a couple though, years and that's left. What, right. But so I would say, give him a couple more years because if they're, whatever this plan is works out, yeah. then you'll still have Brian whatever Marquez. Is. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and the other thing with the Rockies, my friend is that not Bill Schmidt didn't do any of this stuff. You know, it's like they had a horrible general manager. They've got a bad owner. Yeah. Then you brought in Bill Schmidt, who I actually think did a pretty good job with what he's working right. with, bringing in Bryant, well, and Gritchick, and the bullpen is better. But again, we just don't know what the plan is. I know. And the plan should include getting younger. Also, let, let's not absolve Bill Schmidt because even if he didn't have the title, he was the GM last year and they didn't trade John Gray and Trevor Story at the deadline, right. which was mind-numbingly stupid. Hey, I got one more fun thing. You want this? Sure. There we go. Okay. This is, this, and then you're gone. This is in honor. <laughs> then I'm gone. In honor of uh, the Cubs in town this weekend. Holden, you and I both grew up Cub fans. Okay? Um, this is – I got the all-Chris Bryant team here, okay? This is all guys that have played for both the Rockies and the Cubs. You ready for this? 
<laughs> I can tell you're excited. Oh boy. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> can I? <laughs> it's it's not it's not all great, but again, this is the Cubs and the Rockies we're talking about. All right. Uh starting infield, Tyler Colvin at first. Oh god. Yeah. You know, and I know not a great start. Uh LeMayhew at second, very good. Uh not as good the guy that was traded for him, Ian Desmond at third. Nafi Perez at short. Your outfield's outstanding. Bryant in left, Dexter Fowler in center, Carlos Gonzalez in right. Cargo. Mm-hmm. Don't forget, Cargo played like 15 games for the Cubs. And Joe Girardi behind the dish. Uh, my rotation, Jorge De La Rosa, Tyler Chatwood, mm. Jason Hamill, Jason Marquis, and there were several candidates here, but I went, uh, I went with this one. I went with Jamie Moyer in the <sighs> fifth spot in the rotation. Jamie Moyer, Holden, who pitched for the Chicago Cubs from his rookie year in 1986 to 1988 and then pitched for the Colorado Rockies in 2012. I believe he's Digger Phelps' son-in-law. Mm -hmm. uh, Digger Phelps was so drunk, he almost hit me with a golf ball. That's my tie there. <laughs> I covered Jamie Moyer in Seattle when he was like 40. He uh -huh. played till he was 60. Mm -hmm. And I would also say there's about 25 all-star appearances there. Right? Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, there's how many for LeMahieu? What's he got? Two, three. Yeah, he's, he's Desmond. Been in the All Star. Brian's been in the All Star game. Brian. Cargo's been an All Star. Jason yeah. Marquis, Rocky's All Star, two thousand nine. Yeah. Don't forget Kyle about Chatwood. that. It's it's not all atrocious. Um, but yeah, that was uh that was the exercise I engaged in earlier today. I had fun. Are you gonna it. use that on your show or did you just waste it on here? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. It's it's the tightest four hours in radio. I don't know if I can see. I'm trying to see. Let's see here. Cargo was an all-star in 13, 12, 13, 16. Carlos Gonzalez is my all-time favorite Colorado Rocky. He's a great dude, too. Oh, great dude. Great, great player. Dude. Oh, man. Carlo, I loved, loved Carlos Gonzalez. One of my all-time yeah. favorite players. I own, as a Cub fan, Holden, I own a Chicago Cubs Carlos Gonzalez Jersey, you better believe it. No, do. Oh, mm -hmm. you should put that on your bingo. Maybe you'll see one next year. <laughs> I think it's a one of a kind. I think I'm the only person that has one. Yeah, I, I don't blame him. Uh, what do you got going on today, buddy? Talk to me. Uh, we're live at Blake Street Tavern, 23rd and Blake from 2 to 6 in the afternoon, previewing game one between Denver and Golden State, celebrating another Avalanche victory. Talking about um, you know, the Cubs-Rockies game from last night, getting you ready for Harriman this evening, and God knows what else we'll get into over uh, the, the four hours there. Yesterday we were, you know, speculating about Russell Wilson and his real estate choices. So you never know what you're going to get. Thank you very much. Of course. For hopping on, as always. Yeah, man. Check Nate's stuff out. Going to talk about the NBA playoffs with Spread Astaire. NBA handicapper for Run Pure Bets. That's next on the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com to sign up. Must be 21, must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Yes, as promised on the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. It is spread a stare, run pure bets. He's all over the betting world right now, and this is his time of year. There's two sports he really, really excels at: tennis and this one, the National Basketball Association. My friend. We're getting ready for the Nuggets and Warriors here. I know you're out in Northern California. We've got some play-in games tonight as well. How are you, Spread Astaire? This must be like Valhalla for you, the best time of year, huh? Oh, yeah, I'm loving it. It's beautiful weather, too. I got tennis in the morning, NBA in the evening. How could things get better? I don't know. You tell me. Um, <laughs> for me, it was watching Kansas win the championship. That's how things got better. Right now, though, it would be nice to see the Nuggets actually uh, get off to a good start in game number one Saturday night. Let's talk about this. Steph Curry, it looks like he's going to play. Steve Kerr said if he does play, he's on a minutes limit. 
Um, talk to me. What do you think about Curry's availability and how would it specifically affect game one? Yeah, great question. So, and I hate doing this, but, you know, we're going off these little videos that we see on Twitter. Uh, but, you know, they made sure to post one and he was out there and he was cutting. He was looking healthy. You know, he jumps on Draymond Green's podcast, talks about he sh he's expecting to be able to go. Um, and those minutes limits, right, that can be a ruse sometimes. So I never take the coaches at their word, uh, especially when it be giving their opponent a strategic advantage. So for myself, I'm going to handicap it like he's going to be pretty much good to go and healthy uh, because that's what it appears to, to be like. He's on the proper timetable for return. It's not like he's being rushed back here, you know, like he was supposed to be out for six weeks and it's only been three. You know, it's the proper timetable uh, for return. He's always been really excellent with his conditioning. So um, I think, you know, you go into it and you handicap it like he's going to be at full strength and then you adjust after we watch game one. So what's your thoughts on this series? I think the Nuggets can grab game one, especially if Curry's a little bit hobbled. I don't know how the Nuggets pull this series off, though. Talk to me. What's going on? The Warriors heavily favored, and should they be? Yeah, you know, and I'm in a rough spot here, Holden, right? Because this is the Denver City cast, right? You can say what but... – listen, you tell the <laughs> truth because I'm going to tell you, I got the Warriors winning this series. I, I think it's hard to take Denver here, and I think Nikolai Jokic is, you know, one of the best players in the world, um, but he's probably has one of the worst supporting casts in the world as currently constructed. Now it's not management's fault. Um, you know, you take injuries to two of your three players – Right. Um, and a lot of teams wouldn't even make the playoffs, uh, let alone has ha had as good a season as the Nuggets did. Um, but I really worry about their ability to keep up with this Warriors team's ability to score. And with Draymond Green out there, this Warriors defense just gets so much better. Now, Jokic is going to be able to score on anyone. But I mean, I can imagine there's going to be a lot of games where he puts up a fantastic scoreline and they still can't get the win. You know, Aaron Gordon is a guy that was brought in to be a versatile uh, you know, wing defender and a guy that can stretch the floor if we he, we need him to, right? But, you know, he's not really supposed to be that that second or third primary option on offense, and that's where they're at right now. Uh, the Nuggets have a lot of great role players, but they just don't have that second guy for Jokic to count on uh, when things are getting rough. And the Warriors, boy, with Clay Thompson coming alive, uh, kind of interesting from Clay, right? He's definitely not the defender that he used to be. Uh, but he was shooting really well to end the season, and that was kind of, uh, boy, if he gets that going, this is a tough team. Uh, Jordan Poole coming off the bench. The Warriors just have so much more depth. Uh, even Andrew Wiggins gives them a really versatile scoring option there uh, when it comes to these playoffs and having the depth. So as much as, you know, I'm a big fan of Jokic and I, and I really enjoy the Nuggets, I think with all the injuries, this is just a real tough ask for this team uh, to be the Golden State Warriors team that does have, you know, championship experience, understands how the playoff works, and going against a really good coach like Steve Kerr. How many games? It's going to be five or six would be my guess. I mean, really? I, <laughs> five? They could do this in five, huh? I mean, yeah, it's, it, I think it's going to be a tough ask here for, for Denver. Now, of course, this can all go out the window if – Steph Curry isn't 100%, right? Because then you're going to by far have the best player on, on the floor, right? And it's going to be, the you know, the team of guys trying to beat the one superstar. And in the NBA, usually the one superstar just beats the team of guys. But if Steph's there to match uh, Jokic, I think this is a really tough matchup for the Denver Nuggets. Mm, very interesting. Okay. So one other thing I want to talk to you about. I have our Aaron Gordon over 16 and a half points. It's about 10 games ago. Michael Malone looked at him and said, you do need to be the number two scorer. You do need to start scoring more. And you mentioned it. He shouldn't be the number two option. Is there anybody on Golden State that you think could take Aaron Gordon's scoring ability away from him? Because basically he's going to have to be the second scoring option this series. Yeah, I mean, if they got a couple good options, I think both Andrew Riggins and Draymond Green uh, could be in there. Now, Draymond Green, we know, is a better help defender than a one-on-one -on -one defender. Uh, but you get Andrew Wiggins out there, and I think he'll do a good job against Aaron Gordon. Now, Aaron Gordon was a talented scorer. You know, you talked about 16 and a half. That was probably about his average in Orlando before he was traded when he was expected more on the offensive end. But there's a difference between carrying a really bad team, which is what Aaron Gordon was doing in Orlando, and being a contributor on a championship team, which is where I think, you know, he drops down the pecking order a little bit on the ideal team. So, um, I do like that prop tonight, though, just because of the amount of usage, right? I think even if he's not shooting well, he could still get there just from the number of attempts I expect him to put up. 
Yeah, that would be my angle there. I, I think it's the Warriors maybe in six. I think the Nuggets can get a couple of games. They do have the MVP, for the love of God. I mean, they got the MVP, man. So that's good. Hopefully you can carry them here. We got some play-in games coming up tonight. I know you're excited about these play-in games too. I asked you if you had any plays. You do like the Hawks. I looked at the total too. I think you, you, you looked at the total here. Pelicans, Clippers as well. Give us a little breakdown here. These two play-in games and the last two teams to make the playoffs. All right, let's talk, yeah, the number eight seed. So uh, the first game, this injury report and the news has been all over the place. Let me refresh it right now because it feels like it's changing uh, every hour. Um, so Jared Allen is now questionable. We've had varying reports about Jared Allen's availability all day. Bogdan Bogdanovich is questionable. If you're watching uh, the last game, he rolled his ankle and they uh, – the announcers made something of it, and if you just watch, you know, they didn't really bring it up again. He seemed to walk it off, but we know how those things are, right, how they can swell up overnight. So now he's out to questionable, even though he finished the game against Charlotte. He didn't have to go out when he rolled the ankle. Um, but Jared Allen, of course, is the guy that, that changes everything for the Cavaliers because you go from having this inexperienced, although ultra-talented rookie, Evan Mobley, trolling the paint uh, to a veteran like Jared Allen who can almost quarterback the defense with his rim protection. And then you get to have Mobley out there who can still get, who still block shots, still protect the rim for you, but he's more of that versatile defender. He's not the anchor of the defense. And we saw that that worked so well um, for the Cavaliers during the year at the beginning, especially when they were so successful. Uh, and after the loss of Jared Allen, you know, their record dropped drastically. So um, and with his news, the line has been fluctuating, right? So it doesn't seem like anybody knows if he's going to be ready to go. I will say this, if it's so uncertain that he's going to be able to go, that really doesn't bode well for a good performance to me just because this is an injury to his shooting hand, you know, his more dominant hand, the hand he'll be blocking shots with. How comfortable will he be if he's out there? You know, uh, you know I don't want to invoke Willis Reed, but is it the idea where he's just out there <laughs> To, to amp up the other guys with his yeah. presence and he's not going to be able to get it done or is he really going to be able to come in and contribute? Um, so, uh, you know, this pick could go completely awry if Jared Allen is out there and he looks 100% healthy, right? And this whole thing was a smokescreen and they were planning on eight to begin with, um, you know. But if he's not 100%, like I believe, because I think that it would be more clear that he was playing and, you know, more definitive and wouldn't be changing, you know, last night to this morning, uh, if he was really 100%. So because of that, I like the Atlanta side in this game. Uh, one of the main issues for my handicap is the way that you're going to uh, attack that Atlanta Hawks defense. And because the Cavaliers do rely on that kind of defensive-oriented lineup, right? You got guys like Isaac Okoro, guys like Lamar Stevens, who are great defenders, and they're going to need them to get stops. But that gives Atlanta an out. That gives them a place to hide Trey Young. Um, rather than having five guys where they can attract Trey constantly. Now, of course, they can start use, using Okoro and Stevens and, and the pick and roll and try and get Atlanta to switch those. Uh, but first of all, Atlanta's not going to switch. And, and secondly, they're not the most accomplished role men either. So uh, it's a really tough spot, I think, for the Cleveland on this matchup. Now, um, you know, the concern would be Atlanta. Not very good on the road this year. Uh, 14 and 27 against the spread, right? But then we look and they're 8 and 8 when they're favorites. So they're getting blown out. You know, they're losing on the road and they're losing by more than we expect against the good teams. Uh, but when they're favorites, you know, they've got the job done at least 50% of the time. So I take that. Then I add the matchup. Uh, it lands me on the Hawks. I'm taking the Hawks. It was minus three when we talked yesterday, Holden. Uh, this Jared Allen news and the Bogdan Bogdanovich move has uh, changed it to minus two right now. Uh, I'll take that. It's an even better number. Paul George just entered the health and safety protocols. Wait, what? We've got some live breaking news oh on that. Oh, my gosh. Talk to me here, buddy. Like, what happens <laughs> with the Clippers? That game already got taken down very quickly. Oh, that's Very quickly. Good played, job by the Bucks. <laughs> I already placed my bet, too. Oh, no. Yeah, I was going to take the Clippers here. Um, you know, I thought that C.J. McCollum had a great shot, uh, you know, at Paul George to have one of those epic playoff duels. Now, now we've lost the top score um, fr from the Clippers side, and it's almost like uh, the Pelicans can absorb that loss a, a little more. Uh, now the Clippers have done this all season, right? They play the majority of the season without Paul George, you know. But now Reggie Jackson becomes their lead option, and, and you compare that to having CJ and Brandon Ingram on the other side, uh, even Valanciunas. So that'll be an interesting matchup down low with Valanciunas 
and Zubak, and uh, Hartenstein's been pretty good too. But as good as Zubak uh, is, I think that Valanciunas still has the advantage there. There's a lot of advantage matchups um, for the Pelicans to take advantage of now that Paul George is out. Boy, you just shocked me. Boy, did that Well, I just with... got shocked. Yeah. I got an alert that popped up on my computer. I'm listening here to spread, and all of a sudden it goes, boop, Paul George, health and safety protocols. So are we just taking the Pelicans on the money line for as much money as we can? Let me look into it because let's see where it opens back up. Um, well, right now I've got a two and a half. I could still get a two and a half. You still get plus two and a half? Yeah. Well, that's a mistake because don't you think Paul George is worth more than that? Yeah. <laughs> you like the money line more or the spread? Uh, if it's plus two and a half, that's going to correlate to a pretty nice money line. Like what? You get a plus 140? Uh, 110. On a plus two and a half? Yeah. Wow. That's that's juiced. Okay. Uh, I'd still take the money line. I mean, if they're going to do it, they're going to get it done. Um, so I would take the money line there. It's very rare that I think this does not fall within the uh, one to two. And when it happens, you know, you just shake your head. But uh, for the most part, getting the better odds in the NBA with all the variants, um, you know, even, you know, one of my favorite things to do is if you have a book where you can sell points, very rarely, it's not like the NFL. These games don't land right near the number uh, too often, you know. Uh, you know, so I would much rather have the better odds, the plus money, uh, than laying it and getting the two and a half. Okay, let's keep going here. I'm sorry to have completely given you a jolt. Yeah, right? no, that jolted me, boy. We're gonna have fun, you know, for the rest of the day trying to figure this out. Boy, that changed yeah, a lot of that, handicaps. That, you know, I've had. Let, let, let's just go back. Let's get to some other games. How about that? Okay. I don't want to get deep into, you know, trying to beat the books here on the numbers or anything. But um, if there's one other series on Saturday that starts, besides for the Nuggets Warriors, which one most interests you? Raptors, Sixers, T-Wolves, Grizzlies, or Jazz Mavericks? Oh, it's got to be Raptors, Sixers, right? I mean, right, talk let's to me. see Break this it down. matchup. So this is a fun matchup. Raptors were 3-1 and one against the Sixers during the year. Most recently, it was about two weeks ago. Uh, the Sixers were slight favorites in Toronto. The Raptors got the job done. Uh, and so this was with the current teams that they have. But, of course, they start tonight in Philadelphia. Boy, I'm, I'm really excited for this. So we know that Joel Embiid's probably going to have a big night because uh, most pe people don't have a, a guy to stop Embiid, right? I'd say Giannis will probably be the guy that's most equipped to do it, right? So there's not very many guys of that in the league. But it comes down to these supporting guys. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if James Harden starts to play better. Can he raise his level? Obviously, um, some disappointment with him this year uh, as far as how he's been able to perform. And, and when you're a guy like Harden, you know, a guy that relies on explosiveness and burst, you lose a little bit of that first step. Um, it, can, it, can, it can go downhill quickly, right? We've seen it with a number of talented players in the past. So the question for that is, you know, was he saving energy? Was he just not putting his foot on the gas all the way? Or has he really lost a step? So we will find that out in this series. Tyrese Maxey, of course, plays a huge part for the Sixers. But for both those guys, I think the Raptors have athletic forwards uh, that are long enough to give these guys some problems. So uh, I really like to see how this is going to turn out. Uh, Matisse Tybel will not be able to play in Toronto. That's going to weaken uh, their defense a, a little bit. But, hey, maybe force them to... Uh, be a little bit stronger on the offensive end because that's my might be how they have to do this. You know, just put five guys on offense on the floor. And it'll be interesting to see if they can get stops against Toronto. Now, uh, Pascal Siakam's the guy who struggled his last time in the playoffs. Let's see if he turns it around. But even if he doesn't have a big series, they have lots of other great options. Be interested to see how Scotty Barnes does in his rookie debut in the playoffs. What a fantastic season. What a way that he ended. Uh, really inserting himself into the rookie of the year conversation. And, you know, He's arguably could be the best player in that draft class, drafted at number four for the Toronto Raptors. And I also think that Fred Van Fleet and Gary Trent give them kind of, you know, they're not the names of Harden and Maxi right now. Uh, well, Van Fleet's probably a little more than Maxi, right? But don't get the same love. But I think they have the same ability to make crunch shots in, in crunch time, clutch shots, excuse me. So uh, I like the Raptors in this series. I'm getting plus money for the series. Uh, but I don't know if they win tonight. So my idea, what I'm going to do here, Holden, is I'll bet a half unit tonight on the Raptors. And then if they lose game one, I'll go ahead and bet it again. Love it. Absolutely love it. Now, I'm not going to give you a choice on who to talk about on the Sunday game because my 
favorite Sunday game. We got to go out to the East Coast. The Nets and the Celtics. Of course. I mean, I don't, yeah. These guys don't like each other, right? There's some issues there. You got Tatum and Brown on the Boston side. You've got KD and Kyrie on the other side. It's just chock full of stars. Is this going to be a physical beat the hell out of each other matchup? Do you think maybe we see some scoring here? This is fascinating to me, man. I'm really looking forward. Outside of the Nuggets and the Warriors, this would be my second favorite series going on. Do you have a play? Do you have a breakdown here? I'm leaning towards the Nets, but I haven't taken the plunge yet. There's so many sharp people that I talk to that are on the Celtics, and for good reason. Uh, since you know the beginning of this year, this calendar year, right? Celtics best team uh, by net rating, also best defense in the NBA. One of the issues, though, Robert Williams, big part of that, especially on the defensive end, uh, he's still going to be out for the series. Maybe he can come back if they get past uh, the Nets, but I don't think that uh, he's going to be available at all here. And if he is, it's going to be one of those rush jobs that I talked about earlier with Steph and also not sure his ability to contribute there. So that does give the Nets a slight bit of an advantage. As far as your question is, is it going to be a slugfest? Well, if it is, take the Celtics. But I don't know if they get to that, right? We have Marcus Smart, uh, who can be a real physical guy, right? Derek White, not afraid to use his body. But for the most part, these guys aren't, you know, even when the Celtics were winning, they weren't necessarily beating people up. They were playing solid fundamental basketball, and they were just shooting the lights out because they were able to get stops, and they got out in transition. And once you start seeing the ball go through the hoop, right, you get in that rhythm, and it just felt like it was there every night. And if it wasn't Tatum, it was Brown, right? It was just one of the two, one of the Jays every single night uh, getting it done. It'll be interesting, though. Brooklyn Nets, they did this last year, right, where they looked really sloppy on defense. And if you listen to uh, you know a lot of the great podcasts out there, read a lot of the previews, they're going to talk about how this Brooklyn Nets defense really hasn't been that good, and they're even going to be able to identify and highlight in certain schemes and certain motions where they're deficient. But last year, Brooklyn did the same thing. Uh, they were a terrible defense all year, and then they were a top-five defense in the playoffs. And watching that series against Milwaukee, you wouldn't say it was necessarily the defense uh, that caused them to lose. I mean, that was a dogfight, and you can argue that, hey, you know, if they uh, get that one, they might be uh, the defending champions right now uh, for how close they played Milwaukee. Probably the best series of the playoffs last year. So I'm leaning towards Brooklyn. I I'm not sold yet, though, because you can make so many more good arguments for Boston. But the, the line that I keep coming back to on Brooklyn is in a close game, tense, on the line. I think I want the guys that have done it before. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irvin, um, you know, no pressure there because they've already got it done before, right? They already have rings on the fingers. Now, yeah. obviously, they want to win, but it's a little different than Tatum, Tatum, who's trying to establish that legacy, right? Who's trying to get mentioned in that top five to really show everybody how he's working. So uh, right now, I'll lean towards the Nets, and I'll be sure to, to – send you a message if I end up landing on the nets. Um, but I, I'm going to wait a little bit because I don't, th I think there's going to be enough Boston love where I don't think I need to be forced into this decision. And hopefully nobody goes into health and safety protocols while we're talking about this. Series. Oh my God. You think this garbage <laughs> is over, right? You yeah. think this garbage is over and then it happens again. What a bunch of, it's just BS. I, I'm not going to go down that path though. That's dangerous. My friend, give me your best bet. Best bet for, but you know, it would have been the Clippers. It would have been the Clippers. Um, okay. So I'm going to have to go back to the Hawks just because. The Hawks. Um, you know, and, and I don't love having to take the road team here. You know, we saw how dominant the home teams were so far in, in the four playing games. But like I said, just the way that the Atlanta Hawks match up with the Cleveland Cavaliers, I, I just like that so much here. And, and Cleveland is such a good team, uh, just struggling with injuries. And if Allen's not 100%, uh, they really don't have the weapons to keep up with that Atlanta offense, right? Uh, you know, Trey Young and Darius Garland, they can go right next to each other. But Darius Garland's got a I mean, Trey Young's got a lot more backup coming with him, right? He's got Bogdanovich. He's, well, if Bogdanovich plays, but, uh, you know, he's going to have Herter. He's going to have DeAndre Hunter. Uh, no John Collins, but Okongwu and Capella are still solid in the middle there. I like the Atlanta Hawks here. My friend, it was wonderful talking with you once again. I always appreciate your time. Plug how they find you on social media and where they can find a whole bunch of your picks. All right. At Spread Astaire. Uh, you know, if you know the great Fred Astaire, just throw spread there in the front. That is me. Uh, and, of course, I do content every day, Monday through Friday, for Run Pure Bets. So follow us on Run Pure Bets, at Run Pure Bets. And on the YouTube channel, I'm every day live 
3.30 Eastern. We break down the NBA. And if you're following me, you'll see all the great articles I'm writing for Bookmakers Review, uh, previewing NBA games and tennis matches, one of which I'm sweating right now, Holden. Uh, let's see if I can pull this out. 0-1 on the morning. I got I to gotta get to even. But I, I lost uh, – I got a big underdog here that looks like he might get it done. So – uh, I can have a one-on-one -on -one with you, some pal. profit. Yeah, I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting for you. Go get it home. Thanks to Spreadus there. He's a wonderful NBA handicapper. One of the guys that I, one of two guys that I actually tail on NBA. So that's how much I respect him. Thanks to Nate Kreckman from Altitude 92.5 previewing the Nuggets series, talking a little Rockies as well. My name's Holden. Thank you so much for checking out the Denver CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Oh, and if you get a second, rate and review the podcast. I'd really appreciate it. I'll catch you guys and ladies on Monday. Go Nuggets!